0: Welcome to the Aerospace Executive Podcast, featuring in-depth conversations with executives, leaders, influencers, and journalists in this dynamic, high-stakes industry. Hosted by Craig Pickett, founder of North Star Group, the boutique executive search firm for the aerospace industry. You'll learn how top aerospace executives are developing their people, competing for talent overcoming challenges, and adjusting to industry trends to drive growth and profits. And now, let's join your host, Greg Pickett. Hey, welcome back to the Aerospace Executive Podcast. Today, uh, I have got Rich Allen from Frisco, Texas on with me. Thanks for being here, Rich.
1: So glad to be here, Craig. Thanks for having me, man.
0: You bet. Rich is uh, the author of uh, the book, uh, The Ultimate Business Tune Up, he is a, a business owner or a former business owner himself successfully sold your manufacturing operations and now you help other businesses grow their business. That's business, right. business owners grow their business, I should say also. But uh, you know, as we're talking about offline, you know, one, a couple of things I really like that you're doing for people is you're talking about, you, know, you, you have some concepts, you know, good fit first hiring practices you know how uh, how people always try to reinvent the wheel when they really don't need to so yeah you know, right let's just talk about yeah you know, start off talk about uh yeah you know, why you wrote the book and what you're finding out there and how you're helping small businesses get to the yeah you know, get to the next level
1: yeah i'd be glad to craig I, you know look i you know the book uh the book came um almost as a passion project i really didn't intend to write it and i'm not a, I, w- I wouldn't consider myself a uh Great author, but I my dad started out running his own business, and um, you know the my backstory is I've got eleven brothers and sisters. My dad worked his tail off trying to make things work, so he decided the best way to do that was to start his own business. He frankly was good at his trade, but didn't have a clue how to run a business, and so as a result, for his entire life he struggled, and so. I and I was right there among him. I right there with him. I was his slave labor as part of it. Um, at one point, I made the decision that you know I could make a better career for myself doing something else. So I went off to college. Went in the military for a while. Ended up at a couple of big companies: Texas Instruments, uh, Pellet Corporation, a couple of places where I could get some good learning. But I was really always thinking about my dad and thinking about what was it he was missing. What what ingredients in terms of running a business did he just not comprehend or not understand and it was only when i had the opportunity to run a business myself that i really got a chance to experience it and so it was that experience that gave me the opportunity to both see what it really took to run a business and and, and the net result was i got a chance to write a book and tell my dad's story and and explain why I think a bike is a perfect metaphor for a business.
0: So, go from there. What's uh, <laughs> what's what do bicycles and businesses have in common? You know, and, well, and, and think about anybody listening to this. It might be a general manager of a manufacturing yeah. facility, or it might be somebody running their own, you know, running their own business. What what do bikes and businesses have in common?
1: Yeah. So here's uh, you know, here's my thought on that, Craig. Um, You know, I think a lot of times when we're running a business, I don't care what business we are, how big it is, big, small, doesn't matter. Oftentimes, the people running the business are schooled in business in some way. They probably have an MBA or they've done some intensive study. They've heard from experts and they know about strategy and about organization structure and organization design and a lot of big words for a lot of big people but many of the people that are actually working in the business for us have no clue what that means. And when we speak to them, we speak right over their head right? and they don't get it. So they just assume that we're in, when we talk about being in a strategy meeting, they think we're off just wasting time. They're actually doing work. We're not doing anything very important. So I had this idea that perhaps we ought to talk to our employees, our team members a little bit more in language that they could recognize and understand. So I had this brainstorm idea that a bike actually is a perfect metaphor for a business in that every component of a bike, I can I can basically talk about how that fits into a business. And um, specifically detailed this is in terms of how business really works, right? We steer a bike with using our handlebars. How do we steer a business? We have to steer business with a vision and with Setting standards and having a larger purpose. Everything has a related element to a business, right. and so I just started using this, and and all of a sudden, everybody on the team said, "Oh, I know how a bike works," and they started to help me fix the business. Okay, so and it was it was kind of brilliant. I didn't have to do the work. All I had to do was say, "Guys, look, our bike is our business is like this bike." So let's just talk about what's not working on the bike, and they'd tell it, and we'd we'd go fix it, we'd tune it up. And so we, over a seven year period, we took a $30 million business and tuned it up into a $150 million business. And that's when our biggest competitor came and said, hey, you own the top end of the market. Now we'd love to buy you.
0: Wow. That's uh, that's awesome. So, you, you know, what's the most important thing? So you, you got everybody on board. You said, hey, here's my bicycle, here's the bike, here's the business. You know, obviously processes. You know, uniform process why do so many people want to reinvent you know why? you know if and, and i asked this conversation you have this conversation a lot in my practice right yeah you know, businesses after business they say we don't have the right processes in place well yeah in a lot of ways you know manufacturing is manufacturing and sales is sales and you know why why do people continually try to reinvent the wheel on on everything what's you know what should they be focusing on? What should they be?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's probably the best question to ask is what should somebody who's a senior leader, either a senior leader or a, or an owner or an executive in a business, what should they focus on? And, you know, I think there are two or three different places where it really matters. One is we have to set a vision. So we have to know where we're going. So we have to steer the business. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times You know, if we want, whether we're recruiting somebody onto our team or we've got somebody already there, we've got to we've got to paint for them a picture of the future that is so compelling for them that they want to go along with us on the ride. Look, we even have to do that at the time when they're a prospect and we'd like to hire them, right? Mm -hmm. So we got to know what we want the business to look like in five years because everybody in the business is asking the question. You got to know this. Everybody's asking the question is this the right fit for me over the long-term? Right. And so we have to paint a picture of what the long-term looks like so that they can see whether that's suitable and and something that inspires them. And oftentimes we don't. Oftentimes we ride our business, ride our bike with our hands in the air. Right. And we don't, we're not steering. So we have to do that.
0: I, I see that so often. You know, companies, you, uh, people go in for interviews with a company, you know, senior level, you know, general manager, mid, you know, whatever. And, and they're trying to get excited about the business. And then they go meet the team. And the team isn't excited about the business. Right. And you're like, well, if, if, if they're not excited, how are you going to get somebody to come in and be all fired up? I, I was reading an Urban Meyer's book. Right. Yeah, and his new one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I've got like I'll just say right up front. I've got mixed feelings. Yeah. About Urban Meyer and reading his book is a. Yeah. You know, to me, it's a it's a double edged sword. Right. But the one thing it. that but the one thing he could do is inspire some really good recru- recruits. Yes. To come to, Florida or Ohio State. Right. I'm thinking about uh, you know I, I like to use sports analogies. Texas Tech basketball beat Louisville the other night up in New York. You know the number. Right. You know, Texas Tech beat Louisville last right. year. They were in the the NCAA finals. You got a coach who inspires people to bring people to Lubbock, Texas. If if people can't get excited about their own business, what makes they what makes them think they're going to get somebody else on board?
1: That's right. And you have to you have to get excited about it. You have to tell the story. You have to express the enthusiasm. I mean, you know, look is a, a senior leader is half of their job is being a cheerleader. Right. What's possible. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. I got to hold people accountable. That's another part of it. I've got to apply some discipline, but largely I've got to be inspirational. Yep. So the way I think about that is the, you know, the people on the team sit on the seat of the bike. Right. And so you've probably ridden a bike as I have where the seat isn't positioned properly. Right. And it, frankly, it's not a fun ride. Yep. It's it's painful at times. And so as business leaders, as business owners, we've got to make sure our seat is positioned properly. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have to have the proper hiring process. Yep. You have to have a solid on- onboarding program. You have to have a good compensation program, a good rewards program, a good incentive plan. You got to have a good communication plan. You got to get your team involved in community activities. Right? All those things are all about positioning the seat. So mm-hmm. that people say, wow, this is the place that suits and fits me perfectly. And then I can pedal hard. Then I can, I'll work hard for the team. And I really like to it to do it. Yep. But without oh. any of those, right, if you don't have a good hiring process, mm-hmm. or you don't know, you know, if you're just, you know, scatter shooting, trying to do it on your own, thinking you're the best hiring manager. Um, oftentimes we know that, Business leaders aren't, we can already tell because of the people they have on the team Mm -hmm. or the people that were there and didn't work or were there and left. So Mm -hmm. you gotta put those systems in place.
0: How did you inspire people to see your vision to go from 30 to 40 to 60 to 80 to 100, you're 150? And somebody comes in and says, "Hey, I, you know, I, I like this. How did you inspire? How did you inspire your teammates to to help you get there?"
1: You know, there were a couple of of uh, marquee moments, I would say, Craig, in the in that process. One was when I obviously shared the model and got everybody excited about it, and they started to see that look. Every part of the bike is important. So, you know, the sales guys aren't more important than the op- than the guys in the shop.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The, the guys on the shipping uh, loading dock were just as important as people in the office. That was number one. The second thing that I did though, that was really, I think, hugely impactful is I identified the things that we had to get right. And I then tried to put in place a program so that they would get excited about getting, making those things happen. So what I did is I, I picked five metrics I had one that had to do with customers, uh, customer satisfaction, one with productivity, one with safety, one with attendance, I think one with quality, right? The key things that we do in any mm-hmm. business. And I, I brought the whole team together. We had about 200 people at the time. I brought them together and I said, guys, look, we have five things. Here's, if we can hit these five goals, our business will really take off. Mm-hmm. So here's what I'm going to do to you with you. If the first month that we can hit all five of these targets that I had said that we had set, I said, the first month we do that, I'll put all of your names into a drum and I'll pull out one name and I'll give that person my personal vehicle. I'll give you my car. And at the time, they all, of course, all day, they raised their hand and said, okay, what is it? And I said, well, it's a two-year-old Jeep Grand Cherokee. They said, air conditioning? Yeah, air conditioning. AM, FM stereo, yep. Four wheel drive, yeah, it's got that, right? I mean, they just, you know, so I said, look, I'm going to drive it until we get all these five, and then one of you will get it. I'll give it away to you. And they all said, wow, that's an option. Okay. So they all got fired up about it. Every time I visited the shop, they would uh, come out, they'd be on my car, kind of looking at it, right? Checking it out, asking me how it was. I said, look, I'm still driving it. Five months later, we hit all five. Wow. We had a party. We, we booked the surf ballroom in, in Clear Lake, Iowa, which was the last place that Buddy Holly played before his plane went down. Trivia question from the past. We booked the, we booked the surf ballroom. I took my car, uh, took my Jeep, had it detailed out. We rolled it onto the ballroom floor, invited all them, all the employees and their families. We had a big dinner. I had my sure. wife there, had a big drum, we rolled the drum, pulled out 20 names, 20 finalists, had them come up on stage. And then I said, one of you is the finalist. One of you is walking out of here with my car. And I said, but if you want, we're going to pick down to 10, but if you want right now, I'll give you $200 cash to pull your name out of it. Anyway, we went down to 10, down to five. Anyway, we pulled out the last ticket. It was a 28-year employee working on third shift in the maintenance department and i signed different. over the title to him he got in the jeep and he drove it out of the showroom yep out of the party out of the party and then i went back up on stage and i said look i've got an hour and a half drive back home with my wife and she's not very happy with me right now but i said here's what i do know i know that you can do anything you put your mind to yep and i'm going to expect that we're going to make all of our targets from this point forward mhm and we did
0: yeah gordon it- bethune Gordon Bethune did that at Continental Airlines, you know, years no. ago when he was a CEO, he, he basically said, yeah, hey, look, here's the metrics that we need to meet. And I think his biggest one was on time, you know, on time, you know, we, we leave the gate on time. And if you hit a mark, every employee in the company got a hundred bucks. And every, wow. it, it, every, every month that the, the company hit the mark, every employee got a hundred bucks. And it came to, the, you know, you'd have guys on the ramp that would be selling, they'd sell their mothers. To get that airplane out on time, right. to collect their hundred bucks, right? Um, but but once again, it's putting it around the you know it's putting the metrics in the right place, but yeah, you know, showing people hey the vision as to right why we need to do this and, and what's here for
1: and doing something that they can relate to, yeah, that they that that matters to them, right? The the hundred dollars a piece. I mean, they're all bad. They all. I'm sure they worked together to make that happen because they Absolutely. all knew they were all going to win. In yeah. my case, they said, they banded together and they said, Hey, let's screw the boss. Let's yep. get his, let's get, one of us is going to get his vehicle. Let's go do that. Right. I was cool with that because it got them to come together as a team. Right. And it was but, a lot of fun.
0: But they're all coming together and sales isn't, you, know, comp- you know, complaining to customer service. Who's complaining to manufacturing the guy production and you know, it's like, say, so, Hey, look, everybody here has got a job. And yep. yeah, nobody is more important than the...
1: the right. All Look, any, any function of the bike that goes down, it's unrideable. So yep. it's no one part is more valuable than the other. Yep.
0: So did you find that when you're talking about the bicycle and the processes that you could break the processes down further into simpler processes and yes. use that same analogy?
1: Yes, in fact, it's interesting. The further you go, the deeper you go on the on the metaphor, the more powerful it gets. Right, because the front wheel. There's only two places on a bike where the rubber meets the road. Right. Um, there's only literally two places in a business where the rubber meets the road. So the two two fundamental places. The front wheel represents our ability to win new customers, and there's there are three components that have to be in place to do that. There happens to be three components to a front wheel of a bike. Um, and the back wheel is all about serving those customers, providing them with the promise that you made on the front wheel. So, you know, you can, the deeper you go, all the processes and all the procedures all hang together. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy
0: yeah did you did you find that once you introduced this concept everybody bought into it pretty quickly? did you have a lot of resistance and the second thing is once you introduced it and put it into play, how long did you have to give it before you really started to see results? everybody today has got the attention span it's a nanosecond attention span
1: yeah it's you know here's what I would say everybody did get it right away i mean most most everybody did because you know I was trying to use a metaphor that that was relatable to all of us. Look, we've all I can't I can't think of many people who haven't ridden the bike, at least as a kid. But the the how long did it take to get results? Here's I think the the key thing in my mind in that was it's not about me giving them, giving them the answers. In my in the way I believe this, I think most people on the team know what the right answer is. We have to we have to put them in an environment where they, where we can get their ideas flowing and let them participate. So what we did is that every week we had what we called a Kaizen meeting or a Kaizen session where we would just take one area of the business every week. We'd pull four or five people. We'd let them focus on that area. Mm -hmm. On Monday, we'd train them up on Tuesday. They'd map out the current situation, current process. On Wednesday, they brainstorm. On Thursday, they would come to a good recommendation and implement it into the area. And on Friday, we'd celebrate. And so we just walked our way around the business, process by process, area by area, getting them involved, letting them come up with the ideas. And as soon as we started to do that, they started to build on one another. Mm -hmm. Because, look, an idea that a senior manager gives somebody is, you know, is you know, it's suspect from the beginning because you don't, you don't really know what goes on down here on, in, on the manufacturing floor or in the production shop. But if you let them do it, they own it. They'll take responsibility for it. They'll make sure everybody else follows. So,
0: so here's good. So I, I used to laugh. Um, I won't say the company, but we'll just say it's a big, you know, a big aerospace company. And they have the, you know, it's, it's you know, they put people in a role for two years, two and a half years, and they lead a team, probably a P&L, and then they roll out. And I used to laugh because, you know, I talked to somebody for two, two and a half years, they'd move on. And then I'd pick up the next person, I'd meet the next person who takes their chair and I say, okay, well, what did you do? And they say, well, the last, you know, our customers, you know, the last guy, the, Customer deliveries were way off. Quality, right. yeah, quality sucked. Right. Uh, whatever else, and so you improved quality and you improved customer deliveries, and oh yeah, 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 it's all great now. We're yeah, we're back to uh, yeah, whatever level. Then the next person comes in and says, you know, so somebody's lying. That's all I could say is, <laughs> somebody's lying. Right. Yeah. So if I am a CEO of a company and I'm doing this, how do I ensure that my processes, every time I roll a leader out, that the person I give the chair to next, if you know, if, if I've established good processes as a CEO inside my company or have had my senior leaders establish good processes, yep. how do I ensure that there's continuity between, you know, every time that's, that chair rolls over, how do I, how do I ensure there's continuity in that division? I mean, that to me seems like it's, there's a lot of companies out there that, you know, they have these leadership programs or these leadership chains. And, right. you know, I got to think that that's just a challenge in itself is to making sure the next person doesn't want to put his or her own, her personal yeah. stamp on something, you know, doesn't want to make changes just to make changes.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting. Cause I, uh, you know, as you say, Craig, I, I, it, harkens me back to the time in, that I was in the military, because that's, that's the military model, mm-hmm. right? You're in an assignment for a year to two years, 18 months to two years. Then you move to the next one, they bring the next person in. And in the military, the reason it works in the military is because it's a very disciplined, structured methodology. In other words, every role has very defined um, responsibilities. And there's a protocol, if you will, when you're in the military for how we, how we do business. You rarely see somebody who comes in and they change the dynamic in how things are operating. Right. Yet, yet when you get in a corporate world and you wanna, and it's a good model, it works really, really well. When you, do, when you do it in the corporate world though, if you don't have the, the principles that you believe in as a company, really well defined and really well articulated. Everybody wants to come in and put their own mark on it. And the way that I put my mark on it is right. I beat down the guy that preceded me Mm -hmm. and lift myself up. And, and a lot of times you get a lot of, you get a lot of movement back and forth into what matters most. Right. So I think what, what needs to happen is the senior leaders have to say, Guys, here's what's most important to us, and it's the you know whether it's the five or six principles or the the behavior set or the um, deliverables, the standards of of delivery that we're going to accomplish, and everybody has to work to those same common goals. Right, right. The other thing I would tell you is here's the other thing that I've come to learn, because I used to do this. I was a VP of HR for Texas Instruments and also for. Hello Corporation before I started had the opportunity to run one of their businesses. We put in place long-term incentive plans for key leaders like this, ones that we felt had the ability to run a business one day. And those those long-term incentive plans all had a common objective. So we were all after the same thing. Mm-hmm what I tend to see in a lot of companies is everybody has their own objective. So my goal may be one thing and and my counterpart's goal may be something else. Well, we could take the business in different directions based on what our own person, what's going to incentivize us. We had them all pointing to the same thing. Gotcha. And when you do that, it doesn't matter what role you're in. The long-term goal is still the same. Yep. And I think that's critical. Without it, everybody tries to just simply yep. boost their own position while they're in the role that they're in.
0: Yeah. It's not about the other guy or, or girl being bad it, or, you know, for you to be successful, doesn't mean the other person has to be unsuccessful. It's no, hey, but I have to find know, right.
1: my way to stand out. Right, 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 right.
0: And that's what I find is people, you know, too many people find their their way to stand out is, Hey, look, you know, they,
1: you know, uh,
0: right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the wrong like way. Like you said,
1: somebody's not being honest.
0: It, it's the wrong way. It's like, Hey, look, you know, the other, the other, the other guy was good. I tried to be, I tried to make him a little, I tried to do what he did right. a little bit better. Right. It's a better model. Um, yeah. Fit first hiring. It's a big part of your book. I mean, it's a big part of your consulting yes. practice. Talk about fit first hiring and, um, how people should be, you know, looking for, the right people and their organizations.
1: Yeah, so you'll probably have a, a huge opinion on this given the, the role that you do and the thing you're, ex- you're an expert at. But um, here's, you know, what I, what I ran into, Craig, was that if I was successful in helping them with the business and helping get the business structured and start growing, the first big challenge they had is that they needed new people. Or perhaps they had some of the wrong people and we had to let them go to bring on some of the right people. Mm-hmm. And what what I have learned over these years is most everybody when they hire when they when they go out and they put job postings up and you could do this today if you look at most job postings ninety mm-hmm. percent of it is about the skill required for the job bingo ninety percent's about skill and all the limitations or certifications or requirements for the job yet I've yet to see somebody ever not be successful in a job because they didn't have the skill, it was because they didn't demonstrate the right behaviors. Mm-hmm. It was because in my mind, they didn't fit in the culture right. Yep. So when, we, when I started to see this, I, I said, wow, well, I'm, I'm gonna help you do this. So I stood up a new element of the business called Fit First Hiring, meaning, we're gonna worry about fit first. And so what we do when we post jobs, if you look at the job postings for my clients through that process, 90% of the job posting is about behaviors. We're looking for people who have these kinds of behaviors. Mm -hmm. I don't care yet about your skill, Right. I can train a skill unless there's a certification involved, but for the most part, right, if they have to be a pilot, they got to have that certification. Mm-hmm. But I can train most skills. I can't train behaviors. Right. So I'm going to worry first. I'm going to screen down. I'm going to first cast a wide net. I'm going to tell everybody, and I'm going to look at the job posting as if I'm in the marketing part of the business. This is the greatest company to work for. We look mm-hmm. for people like this. I'm going to get a lot of people to say, I want to do that. I'd love to work for a company like that. I find the people who have the fit. Then we can do our screening activities to get down to the person who has the skill to go along with the behaviors.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's interesting. Culture is huge. Yeah. Southwest airlines in your neck of the woods, everybody knows what their hiring culture is like. Yeah. They put everybody in a gaggle room and they're looking for somebody with a unique personality, especially those who are customer facing somebody who's got a sense of humor unique personality you know right yeah and 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 i'm sure you know they're not yeah look they're looking for a whole there's a whole persona they're looking for in that evaluation process and it's can this person deal with you know an angry customer can this person deal with you know stress you know there's a whole persona they're not just looking for goofy folks to be part of the airline uh Another company I worked with, they were less of a hockey. They were less of a company and more of a hockey team, mm. and they wanted more rough and tumble. You know, it's like, hey, look, if you're a wallflower who's not afraid to who's who can't get down in the trenches and get dirty and fight, then they're, you're probably not going to do well here. You know, okay, right. I got it. And then. You know, you talk about yeah. We need five years of customer service or five years of engineering leadership. Look, there's who cares? What do you want them? Right. Know, in a job posting, start telling people more about what you want them to accomplish. Yeah. Same on a resume. You know, nobody cares about what you're responsible for. Everybody cares about what you were successful at doing.
1: No, that's right.
0: Tell people. You know, one what of you the want things. To-
1: you know, Craig, you know this because you, you bring a discipline to your process, to your clients. And, and the one thing I tell most business leaders, business owners, is the hiring process needs to be very disciplined, needs yep. to be very structured. It needs to be very rigorous. I believe if your hiring process is really simple and quick, if, if it's easy to get in, it's easy for people to leave. Yep. But if somebody goes through a fairly rigorous process and they go through a multi-step hiring sequence and they earn the right to get that, to win that job, they're going to feel more committed to stay in the position.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And so, you know, the more, you know, I, that's why I'd say don't, uh, no one should ever hire based on a quick one-time interview. I'm done. I, this is the guy or gal Wrong approach. They need to go through a multi-step process, I believe, where they have to earn the right to yep. join the team.
0: My next door neighbor in my office complex is a venture capitalist. He's got four or five businesses he's invested in and they use a series of personality tests. They want to know at least, they don't really use them for hiring or firing decisions, but they want to know who the person is, how the person needs to be managed. Um, I find that most Hiring failures has less to do with the person who failed and more about the company around them. You know, I have conversations that I, they didn't work out. Why? They weren't a good fit. Why? And then you go to the what did you do? You know, what did you do? Did you support them? No, not really. Did you onboard them correctly? Uh, we're too busy to do that. Um, Did you show them exactly what, did you tell them exactly what the goals were for the end of the year? So everybody could, you know, could be wrong. Oh man. Were we supposed to do that? You know? (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy. And this is, these are, it's, these are experienced companies where you're going, Hey, no, it's uh,
1: well, and what's interesting about that, Craig, is that, Look, we wouldn't tolerate that if we were doing that with our product or service. Right. Right. In other words, our marketing, if we, if we are not being honest in our marketing about what you're going to get when you do business with us, whether it's through my product or my service, the customer is going to speak badly of us. The same right. thing's true in our hiring practice. We can't articulate that this is a great place to work if it's not a great place to work. Right. So we can't, we can't sell it as something that's really good which is oftentimes I think what happens is you know it's like hey come on you're going to be a part of a great team and this you know you're going to get all this support and then you come in and you're left alone and there is no teamwork
0: yeah well yeah you know, I'll use your bicycle analogy and it's like hey look if if I'm riding down the road and the bicycle breaks you know that's on warranty you know send it back for warranty if you backed your car over it that's on yeah. you yeah <laughs> that's, that's like- on you <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk right. about why this isn't working. And and I, and I use that with people. Yeah, you know, that's it's, funny. Like, yeah, yeah. Just had a conversation today with potential client. They're they're like, hey, look, uh, we we just felt like we needed to make a change, and we're calling you to to help us. Why right. did the ne- why did the last person not work out? Uh, well, yeah. Okay, let's. Yeah, call.
1: most times it's internal.
0: Yeah, yeah. So right. I like the yeah the fit first type of uh type of deal. So so we've been doing this about 30 40 minutes now. Yeah. And what you know, I, I love the concept. I love the fact like hey, look, don't reinvent the wheel. How do people uh so the ultimate business tune-up is your book.
1: Yes it is. So
0: on Amazon, where's the best place for people Yeah, you to find can find
1: it? it on Amazon. Yeah. It's uh it's there. You can find it on most uh most retail uh outlets. Um, yeah, but it's there. You can also find it on my website. My website's tourtoprofit.com. One word, like Tour de France, like the big race, yep. but it's Tour de Profit.
0: I love it. Rich, yeah. rich Allen, rich at tourtoprofit.com is right. your uh, is your email address. Your book is uh, The Ultimate Business tune up And uh, will you come back on? Can we talk about it? Can we take this? Uh- yeah, and
1: in fact, Craig, I put together a page for your listeners where I put a couple of free things on there. And one of them is an e-version of the book. So if they would like to get um, just an e-version sent to them, they can get it there. It's awesome. on tourtoprofit.com backslash aerospace.
0: Very good. I, uh, aerospace. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that gets, uh, that yeah. gets distributed very, yeah, very well. But thank, um, you for, thank you for coming on. I really enjoyed this. Will
1: you come back? absolutely absolutely i love what you do thank you very much thanks for coming on today rich